I just felt like I was being judged all the time. I just thought like anyone who looked at me just automatically knew that I had put on weight. I have such a hard time loving my body. I don't want to look like a 90 pound gymnast anymore, right? Like I want to look like a woman. Welcome to the 10 podcast by Train Like a Gymnast, a podcast for formerly competitive gymnasts, dancers, and cheerleaders to come together as a community to realize their potential. Together, we go farther. My name's Danielle Gray, and I'm the founder of Train Like a Gymnast, here to help you become the best version of yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally. On 10 I sit down with Olympians, Cirque du Soleil artists, former elites and collegiate athletes, stunt performers, and fitness professionals to show you that you're not alone. For those of you who don't know, or because we have some people who were born in the year 2000, which is very crazy, um, <laughs> at the 2004 Olympic Games in Athens, Carly became the first American gymnast in 20 years to win the all-around Olympic gold medal. So she was like the Simone of my generation, <laughs> in a sense. So um, Carly's not only national and world champion, she's a member of the Gymnastics Hall of Fame. So now she speaks about you know, important lessons she learned from training and how she was able to find success inside and outside of the gym. So please welcome Carly Patterson Caldwell. Thank you. Yeah. Excited to be with y'all. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for being here. Let's just go ahead and kick off uh, and start the conversation based on what we had, like the chat we had in DMs a little bit. So you mentioned how after you retired from gymnastics, you had to uh, like figure out who Carly was without gymnastics. So yeah. can you explain the phases you went through from winning all around to where you are today? Like what helped you through? Yeah, you know, I think looking back now, I didn't know that I would, you know, kind of almost have to like mourn the loss of, you know, being a gymnast and kind of what my identity was with, with that because that was all I knew and I was in the gym every day all day and so I never really thought of what life was going to look like after not doing gymnastics or not having gymnastics as my you know full every everyday life you know I just that's always what I was thinking about and so I think what I didn't realize is that you kind of have to mourn the loss of that like when you're just not you know life got completely upside down for me after winning and of course it was super exciting and um and I think all of those things and being so busy for a while kept me distracted from not doing gymnastics all the time and not having that same schedule of being in the gym 24 7 um and so I didn't even I don't even think I realized it quite at first that um you know anything was really like sad or just not really the same or and so once things kind of started dying down after a couple years and you know the opportunities kind of were you know less and less and then it was like i found myself at home a lot more and you know all of my girlfriends had gone off on like full ride scholarships for gymnastics and kind of still kind of got to keep doing gymnastics but at the same time starting to also transition into what normal life, you know, would look like and going to school and doing all these things that I was not doing. And so I was kind of at home a lot by myself and, um, you know, I hadn't made new friends and, um, it was just kind of like, what now? Um, you know, I just had no clue what, what my next thing really was going to be. And I think, 
you know, definitely was floundering a bit for a little while and, um, you know, kind of went through that dark period of like, well, what is my purpose in life now? Because all I knew was gymnastics, um, you know, and I had achieved the, the highest achievement you can achieve, um, you know, in the sport. And I had accomplished more than I could have ever dreamed or imagined. And I was so, you know, grateful and thankful for my career. But at the same time, it was like, well, at that point, I felt like I had to top everything I did in gymnastics, you know, with everything else I did in life, you know, and if it wasn't what I thought a gold medal looked like for singing when I started trying to do a singing career, or when I started college, you know, if I wasn't getting these grades or doing it like this or whatever. It just, I kind of held that standard for everything else in life to the gold medal moment and just didn't realize that I didn't have to do that. That's not how everything has to be. And it's okay to, um, you know, I failed in the gym all the time. Like, why wouldn't it be okay to fail outside the gym and not being a gymnast anymore? And, you know, those, those types of things we learned from being a gymnast, how to fail and how to, how to conquer and, you know, overcome, you know, things. And so I, I don't think I was applying what I learned in gymnastics and, and quite understanding all of those amazing lessons that I now know that I learned from the sport. I think I was just still in that sheltered mode of, you know, being naive, not knowing what life looked like outside of gymnastics and just trying to figure it out. Okay. We all have experienced that. And it's yeah. kind of that feeling of, okay, when I retire from my sport, who am I? Because my identity has been tied to that sport. It's like, oh, Danielle the gymnast, Carly the gymnast, you know, Dominique the dancer. Right. Like your, your identity is blended with that. And then when you take that away, you just really have this, this weird crisis that happens. And so, mm-hmm. like you were saying, you try to transition into singing and be like, okay, well, I'm going to be Carly the singer now because I can do this. Uh, and like you said, you just... I think you, you were 16 at the Olympics? Yeah. So yeah. 16 years technically of, of your life towards one goal. And then you're like, boom, okay, now I'm going to do the next thing in like a year. And it's, right. it just, it's not realistic and it doesn't make sense. And I think a lot of times just because of gymnastics, dance, cheer, we're all held to such high expectations and standards that we expect that. And we don't right. like failing. We don't like struggle because we've always been pushed towards perfection, not right. progress. Exactly. So in that time, what physically, mentally, and emotionally changed for you after retiring? You know, like I said, I just kind of went through that period of being really down on myself um, and and not knowing what was next for me. So I think I just felt like I didn't have really a purpose anymore. Um, and I didn't you know, really know what those next passions were going to be in life. I'd only thought of gymnastics, 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 and that's what I loved doing. I wanted to be in the gym all day, every day, but there was, I didn't know of anything else that was going to make me that happy, that I was going to enjoy that much, that I was going to have that much of a passion for outside of gymnastics. So it's like, well, how do I find a fulfilling life when I don't even know what what else I like or what else I could possibly be passionate about. And so at that point, I think that's when I shifted to just starting to try different things. And like, like I said, you know, started pursuing the singing thing, um, you know, started college, started, you know, trying to make new friends and just trying to start getting used to life outside the gym and life as not Carly Patterson, the gymnast or Carly Patterson, the Olympic champion. It was just 
now I'm just normal. I'm just a normal everyday person. Like I need to find what my next purpose and passion in life is. And I'm going to just go after different things. And it, you know, I could fail, I could succeed. Um, you know, I didn't know what any of those types of things were going to look like, but you know, I did go after singing for a little while and it was something that I always loved doing and, you know, grew up watching my dad lead worship in church and he's still a singer in a band to this day at six years old. So it's just like, <laughs> for real. And so I always had this passion for it, but I was like, well, you know, I never had the time to try it. So I'm like, well, I'll try, you know, singing and see how that works out. But once again, I was holding myself to the standard of like, okay, well, I won an Olympic gold medal in gymnastics. Now I need to win a Grammy or have a number one hit single on the radio for my singing career to be worth it or for me to feel like I succeeded and had a decent career where what I did not know at the time was that is very, very difficult to do. Uh, <laughs> and, and that it was all going to be a learning experience. And it's one of those things where I kind of look back now and I cringe a little bit because there are still people that'll, that'll introduce me as like, you know, Carly Patterson, the Olympic champion and singer. And I'm like, no, no, I'm <laughs> not singer anymore. Um, and so I laugh about it now, but like, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change, you know, the, the different paths that I tried because you know, I think it was really, really scary. There was a lot of scrutiny, um, you know, a lot of mean things that were said just, you know, for me trying to go after a, a different career. I think when you, when you've done something, when you achieve something, you've done something for so long, you kind of get boxed in, like you can only do one thing but we can do so many things we can do and try and go out for whatever it is that we want to do in life. And whether we fail or succeed or not, we're going to learn from it. We're going to grow from it. We're going to, you know, become better from it. And so I think in those times where we have like the, maybe those past memories or things we tried out for and kind of cringe a little bit like I do, like I still wouldn't change anything because I think too, now being a mom, I want my kids to go after all their dreams and try all the things. I don't want them to feel like they've got to stick to one thing or they can only have one talent or passion or, you know, something for their lives. I want them to know, like, go after all of it and see what, see what works, see what you love, see what you have a passion for, see what you don't like, you know, and see what doesn't work out. And um, like I said, I just, I really learned a lot from that time in my life. It ended up being a good transition from gymnastics for me to kind of just go after something new pretty shortly after, um, you know, and I did it for about five or so years, wrote songs, recorded, you know, all these things. And it was fun, but I ultimately realized that that just wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and so I thought it was. And like I said, I was really holding myself to a high standard. But at the end of the day, and at the end of those five years, I just was like, yeah, I don't think this is the life for me. I don't think this is the path that I truly want. And for me, it was really hard to let go of that because like I said, holding myself to a standard of like, I had to get a Grammy or a number one single before I could quit, you know, or stop doing it, even though I wasn't enjoying it because I thought I had to prove something not only to myself, but to those people that were being mean and hateful about, you know, me trying. And I'm like, I was all in that mentality of like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove you wrong, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying yourself, like how are you going to accomplish those those goals or if you're doing it for the wrong reason? So I realized that 
that was okay to stop. And I didn't have to prove anything to anyone. I didn't have to prove anything to myself. I, I went after it. I enjoyed it while I did it, but ultimately realized that one for me and that was okay. Yeah. That was a good lesson I learned from, from that for sure. Was there something in particular that, or like a moment in time that triggered that thought of like, oh, this isn't for me? Yeah. You know, I think for me, I'm a major homebody (laughs) and I was just grinding it out really. Like, I mean, I was just, I had gone from having all of these opportunities that I was getting paid for and that I was somebody, you know, while I was doing, and then I went from, you know, that to being a nobody in a new career, having to like pound the pavement, do all these things, you know, for free all of the time. And, you know, I still had to pay my bills, still had to work. Um, but yet I knew that I was going to have to be doing these things for, um, for my career. And if I wanted to grow in it and, you know, actually become somebody. So I think I just realized that I didn't want to be on the road all the time. And that's just kind of not the life that I wanted, like the singing life and career. And I I think I liked kind of the performing aspect of it because of gymnastics, you know, and getting to perform and be in front of crowds. That was my favorite part. Um, And, and I loved, loved singing and doing that part of it. But at the same time, I hated being away from home all the time and just feeling like it wasn't going to really ultimately go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I, I kind of dug into that one because a lot of us, after we stop a sport, we do go immediately into something else and we're like, exactly. That's what's going to take off next. This is the next thing that's going to distract me because when you have that void, you don't know what to fill the time with because if yeah. you're training 20, 40 hours a week, you're just like, oh my gosh, there's so much time. And your friends were your teammates, your family were your, you know, were your coaches and your gym family. And then if you don't have that anymore, you're like, okay, so I don't have friends to hang out with. Um, and like, it's right. Just- like you lose so much, right. It's not just your own identity and your, the sport that you're doing, but you, you've now, you're not seeing your coaches every day. You're not seeing your friends like that have become your family in the gym every day. It's like, you're really, your entire world kind of gets flipped upside down. Yeah. And you're like, what next? <laughs> exactly. So then a lot of us go to things that we're naturally good at immediately after. Like I was just having a conversation with one of the girls on the team last night and she, she was going the route of like coaching former female athletes who have struggled with eating disorders in sports and stuff. And she was saying how she just doesn't think that's for her. And I was like, really? I think like, cause you have your story. And I thought that was so what you wanted to do, but now she's in kind of this limbo. Um, and where I think a lot of us kind of have an experience with that or we've tried something and we realize what am I really doing this for and you ultimately realize that you're either doing it for achievement to be able to be loved for in the same way that you were for something else or that sport that you were in or it's not naturally for you and you're living a life based uh based on how you others want you to live your life if that makes sense yeah so that was kind of the biggest thing you learned after retiring and I know we kind of went into like the body changes after sport too and like part of my story was after I retired I gained like 15 pounds in a few months and I was I was like okay this this is what what happens after you lose the sport like I don't know when you stop training you just gain weight that's just normal but apparently you know it's not so (laughs) what was your experience after that with body changes and I know we were talking about like it's still tough it's a it's a 
struggle to this day for all of us. Like just a show of hands, does anyone feel like sometimes they look in the mirror and they're like, oh my gosh, I do not look like a gymnast anymore. I don't feel like a gymnast anymore. Like what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, this doesn't feel like me. Like I want to feel like myself again. Okay, good. So this is going to be relatable. So take us down that journey of what happened physically here. Like I said, things really quickly after winning and I was constantly on the road after that and not in the gym anymore. And I think I was 16 years old. My body was starting to start having those changes and like want to start its period and start changing and not being like a 90 pound, you know, Olympic athlete anymore. And so, you know, for me, it was like going from seven hours of training a day and being very strict on what I ate and kind of knowing what I needed for my body and kind of how to manage all those things. All of a sudden getting on the road all the time and having to eat on the road, not working out and not being in the gym. And I think my body was just like, whoa, like went into a little bit of a shock. Um, you know, and for the first time I was starting to like, let myself enjoy, you know, desserts or, you know, things that I just didn't really ever let myself have before. And so, yeah, I gained a lot of weight too. And it was definitely, you know, you, you see comments about people. There was so much just like mean stuff said after about like how much like weight I'd gained and how fat I looked. And, and that was like super, super hurtful. And I think having to deal with that was hard because I was like, well, I'm not going to be a freaking 90 pound gymnast my whole life. Like, why is this not okay? Why is, why can't my body start changing and developing to, to look more like a, a woman? I think knowing what other people said, I definitely put a lot of emphasis on that. And that made it really hard to like accept my body and the changes that, that were happening. And I just felt super ugly. I just felt like I was being judged all the time by, by strangers, by anyone, you know, I just thought like any, anyone who looked at me just like automatically knew that I had put on weight and that I no longer looked like an Olympic gymnast anymore or whatever. And so obviously those things were like within myself a lot. I mean, I struggle with it today. It's still something that like, I'm not over, I guess. I don't really, really know how to put it, but it's still like in the mirror and I'm like, God, you know, like I, I have such a hard time, like loving my body or loving certain parts of my body. And I still criticize myself. It's something that I've had to like really work on and really just appreciate the things that my body has done for me. And I have big, strong, muscular legs and always have. And that's something that I've always struggled to, to like about myself. And so I've had a hard time being like, yeah, these legs, you know, got me to do your Chinko double folds or, you know, got me to do all these crazy tumbling skills and this and that. And it's like, why can't I just appreciate it? Now I just feel like my arms, like, you know, I look at some former gymnasts and it's like their arms still look like so jacked and they still do gymnastics. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> not what mine look like. I feel like I have like old lady arms now. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I mean, to, to what you're saying, it's just like, I think it's a constant struggle of, you know, where women, our, our bodies, you know, sometimes go through these changes, um, especially after, you know, you're like, also, like you said, constantly striving for, for perfection in our sports and gymnastics and dancing and all of those things. And so it's really hard to change that mindset of being like, it's okay if my body's not like, it looks like this girl, 
or it looks like that person or looks like it used to. Like, I don't want to look like a 90 pound gymnast anymore, right? Like I want to look like a woman, but I, I also want to just, I think for me now it's, it's been about realizing um, embracing the changes that my body has made after having two kids and trying to eat well, but still being able to treat myself. And then at the same time, I, I'm just kind of trying to like really get back into working out. I feel like I'm always tired taking care of my kids all the time. And like when I have 20 minutes, it's like, I don't want to go get a workout in. But what I'm starting to realize um, after like a month of being back and really trying to hit it hard, like I am feeling so much better about myself. And it's not like my body has made all these miraculous changes or anything. Like I'm a little more toned up. I'm just feeling stronger. And I think mentally and emotionally, it just, it helps so much. And it's so, I, I see how important it really is to do these things for yourself. And when you're not doing things for your body and, and just for your mental health. I think it's so easy to get into those mental modes of just not liking yourself or not liking your body or really being hard on yourself. And I've found that just recently, you know, really trying to put myself more of a priority, put my body, put my mind in all of those. I, I feel like I'm going to be a better person, a better wife, a better mom, even on those days where I am tired. And I'm like, you know what? I can either lay here for 20 minutes, 30 minutes and be lazy and then feel worse, or I can go get a workout in. And I, you know, it might be difficult. It might be tiring, but at the same time for the rest of the day, I'm going to be like, yes, I did that for myself. I feel really awesome. Like go me. Um, and so those are just a, like some of the things that I've just, am kind of recently learning. It's one of those things where it's, it's almost like a muscle, you know, like we kind of always have to keep remembering to tell ourselves that we love ourselves. Like we're proud of, of what our bodies can do. Um, we're strong. And like I said, it's so easy to freaking compare yourself to all the people on the internet these days. It is just you can't get away from it, you know, and no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you're trying to mentally stay in a good place, it is so easy these days to slip back into the comparison game and all of that. And I am certainly guilty of that. And so that's why I say it's like a muscle and we have to constantly train our brains to, to not compare and to, to be okay. We all we all look different and we all have special things about our bodies that like maybe this person's can't do or yours can do. And it's just to be more, to give ourselves more grace. I'm just learning to give myself more grace on things and, and not think people are judging me or I'm judging myself. Just appreciate more. Yeah. So you say you're getting back into it. What are some gymnastic things you can still do? Or are you just doing basic uh, like weight training type circuit stuff? With having two little ones, it's really hard to get to a gym. And so my husband and I, in the last month and with quarantine going on, decided to start making ourselves working on a little home gym in the garage. So you guys know the the stall bars from like a gym, um, if you've yeah. ever seen those. Yeah. So we got one of those and installed that. And so I've been doing like leg lifts and like tuck ups and just different things that I, anything I can remember that, um, you know, I used to do in the gym. I've been doing a lot of handstand holds. And like I said, my arms and like chest, like I'm broad and I don't particularly like my upper body. And so I've been doing a lot of handstand holds all of a sudden. And I'm like, Oh, I like the changes I'm seeing. Like, you know, so it's kind of fun to be able to do like an old, 
gymnastics move or whatever, and then like start getting consistent with it and then seeing some results. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. I do weight stuff. Sometimes I'll do like beach body workout, but yeah, just really starting to kind of get into the garage workouts. And that's, that's part of what, what we do is like, we want to show people like you can still train like a gymnast, even if you can't get to the gym. Well, and yesterday I was um, actually jumping on our trampoline outside. It's my kids' trampoline, but I was doing like front tucks and back tucks and back handsprings and, you know, just jumping and like found myself after five minutes, like being so out of breath. Like, how did I used to do this for like seven hours a day? I can't do five minutes. Oh, I love it. And it's, it's just like so many people think, oh, well, I can't do this. Okay, you think about all the things you can't do. And that's why I want to show people how you can. And the weird thing is thumbs up or show of hands if when you were in your sport, absolutely hated strength and conditioning. And yes, I used to be the, the teammate that got everyone else extra strength. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but... When you leave that sport and you're like, okay, well, now I don't have to do it. Like, that's what you default to when you work out. Isn't it the weirdest thing? Yeah. So, like, so true. Like, that's what we want to show people is like, okay, you would line up in a line on the floor and you're just, okay, hollow rocks, flip it over, arch ups over here, side crunch. Like, you can do that just on your floor here. And that's literally what training like a gymnast is. So my next question was based on what we talked about is how did gymnastics prepare you or not prepare you for life after sports? I think it prepared me in the way of working hard. Those kind of life lessons like that, that you just need. Working hard, being dedicated, committed, you know, and it just, it helped me learn how to, to succeed and to fail and to get better after those failures and overcome those failures. So I think that those are really huge lessons that you can take on into your everyday life because whatever it is that we do after gymnastics, because obviously you guys all know now there is life after gymnastics and, um, or dancing or whatever. A lot of times we have to finish our sports and what we do at a pretty young age. And so it's like, we still have like the rest of our lives to figure out what we're going to do and what our next passion is going to be and in, in our next career. And in that way, like I said, it prepared me and just knowing that in whatever I do in life, if I want to succeed, I'm going to have to work hard and there are going to be challenges and trials that I'm going to have to overcome. But I learned how to do that in gymnastics and I can apply that to, you know, any disappointments or struggles or anything that I go through in my everyday life now. I think the thing that maybe I wasn't prepared for was just going back to not ever looking past what life was going to look like after gymnastics. I just never thought about it ending. And so, like I said, with sports like that, and, and you know, you're, you're retiring so young, I'm like, I'm not thinking about like later life, like all of that kind of stuff seems so far away. And then all of a sudden it, you know, starts creeping up and next thing you know, you're retired and you know, you're, you're having to figure out what you're going to do next. So I think that's where I wasn't prepared at all. Um, but I am grateful for all of the lessons that gymnastics did teach me for difficult times, for, for good times, for, you know, being able to succeed, for being able to fail. And like I said, just knowing, you know, how to be dedicated and committed at such a young age and an early age that you learn those amazing qualities. And that's just something great for your character. And I think, you know, our work ethic is just something that I feel like going into a workplace or a, a new career, like you can probably always tell who was a gymnast yeah. and yeah. a dancer <laughs> and a you know cheerleader because we are hard workers. And that is just something that's instilled in us from an early age. Definitely grateful for that kind of stuff. 
that I yeah. learned. And if anyone maybe is listening to this who has a role or the ability to make change, what's something you think that high level athletics or elite gymnastics or in, in any sport, right, should teach athletes to prepare them for life after retirement? That's kind of a, a toughie. I was trying to think like what things could have maybe been done differently to, to be more prepared for life after gymnastics. But I think once you're in your sport, like you're just so focused, you know, it's like, that's, that's all you're, you're doing and thinking about. And so it's hard to look past those days at that point. That's my question for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like when I was thinking about, it, I was like, okay, so when I was training, right, we didn't have any training on mindset. I don't know if that was just my gym, but maybe some other gyms did. But, mm -hmm. but now when I look back at that same gym that I used to go to, they have mindset coaches coming in and talking to the girls about yeah. just success and mental blocks and all of that. And it's mm -hmm. such a conversation now that I feel like you're making the time to focus on mindset for the sport. Okay. So why not dedicate time here for like life skills? Right. Yeah. More, maybe like kind of like field trip type things with gyms in the local area, in the region, like where you're get, getting social skills with other people outside right. or, um, you know, just things. Yeah, that, I know. Those are great ideas. Yeah. Like what you're, when you, what you realize when you stop is lacking. And yeah. Those. Well, I think one thing that I did struggle with um, too after, and it's actually something that I feel like I'm just starting to get better at, but like making decisions for myself because I was told every single day in the gym what to do, how many repetitions, how long I was going to be on that event, when I got to move to the next thing, when I got, I never made any decisions for myself. And so um, I feel like that was something that I'm always asking the opinions of others without just making my own decision because I'm, that's just what I am used to. I never kind of grew up having that think for yourself attitude, I guess, if that makes sense. And it's just like, I have asked my mom stupid things like, what, what am I going to eat for lunch? You know? And like, it's always like, what should I wear? What, you know, what, well, what should I do about that? You know, it's like, I never just think to be like, Carly, you have a brain yourself. You can use that. And you know, it doesn't have to be approved by this person or that person. You can just make the decision for yourself. You're an adult. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that I would say that I've struggled with and something that I wish I could have had more of, I guess, when I was younger, because now I just feel like I struggle with that. I struggle with thinking that my decision is good enough over somebody else's. And so my mom has kind of noticed that about me. And so she, um, she's, kind of stopped stopped um helping me with those things she's like carly anytime you like just make the decision for yourself do whatever like it's always right it's fine like you don't need me and she's like i feel like i've done a disservice by you know offering that all the time for you because it's just kind of continued in the same you know pattern versus like don't ask me what to wear or don't ask me about this like those are your decisions and you can make them on your own. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I mean, the girls in the chat are like such a relatable thought. Like that's, that's very common. I mean, we're always. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one too. Cause gosh, I mean, I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Seeking, seeking approval. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just like what we think and want to do and, and are feeling like all of those things are fine and they're coming from us. Like we, we don't have to have that approval. Um, 
from other people. We yeah. have our own brains and we should use them because you know, if we're constantly trying to, you know, make the same decision as somebody else, like we're, you know, we're kind of dampening our creativity and our ideas and our thoughts and, and really our growth too, to get better in our decisions. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, cause I used to coach too. So it's a weird balance of like, okay, yes, you give the athlete enough of their own like decision making but yeah. not where they're like I don't want to do that yeah <laughs> like no because well, of course it's like I say yeah I mean I, I would have loved more decision making than the gym or whatever and then it's like coach is like yeah you're gonna do 10 routines I'm like no no I'm gonna do one today yeah <laughs> exactly so you get the option of like okay do you want to do 100 uh, push-throughs on the mat or do you want to do this like give them the option to choose but both are still equally like what you need them to do so I think right in that way is still a way to build champions without um the whole participation trophy type concept of like these kids aren't gonna be as good or not gonna be as disciplined if they just have yeah (laughs) 60 double jumps in a row or start over yeah (laughs) pretty much uh it's a really good one so, okay, we're, we're getting through these. So, I mean, we're already on this concept. So why do you think we place so much value on the thoughts and opinions of others? Do you think that's just something that is really specific to gymnasts? Or do you think that's just like kind of a human dilemma of, of valuing others' opinions more than ourselves? Yeah, I mean, I think it's because we want to be valued. We want to... Um, you know, feel liked and loved and like what we're doing is good and matters. And I think it's just a part of our human nature and our DNA to, you know, to kind of feel that and to have that longing for just that acceptance um, from others. Because, you know, what is that, that saying or quote where, you know, you can have a hundred people that tell you, you look pretty or, or you did a great job at this or a great speech or, you know, whatever. And then you can have that one person that said the negative thing. And then that's what we're going to focus on. And I think it's just, like I said, our human nature of like wanting to be loved and accepted by everybody. But when we have to remember and go back to the, the old saying of like, we cannot make everybody happy and, and we're not going to all be everyone's cup of tea, you know, and that's okay. And to, to realize that and to be okay with that and to then be able to brush off negative comments or people that aren't accepting or, you know, don't agree with what you say or think. But I think also we have to realize like we're the only us. Like I am the only Carly, you know, you guys are the only you. And I think when we start realizing how to make ourselves the best version of ourselves, that's when we can stop placing so much emphasis on other people's thoughts about us, you know, because we're all different. We're all uniquely different and beautiful and God made us each different, you know, and, and there's special things about all of us. And I think that we have to focus more on that and remember those types of things, because if we were all the same, we all thought the same, we all looked the same, like, what would that be? You know, like, I think we have, you know, a superpower in, in the fact that we are the only us. I think when we start realizing the, you know, how to be the best version of ourselves, like that's when we can just really flourish and, and, and become better and, and not put so much emphasis on what others think. Totally. So right now in this very moment, 
what is proving to make the biggest difference for your mental health and body image and everything that we've talked about? Like what's like one to three things that are making the biggest difference? Well, for me personally, um, working out. I, like I said recently, and just really feeling the difference working out with two little ones at home, like it's easy to get stressed and overwhelmed and just exhausted. And I'm just finding that when I work out, it helps my mental state, um, physical state, and I just feel more proud for myself or about myself. And so that's something that's helped, really helped me mentally. My relationship with God is something that really keeps me stable and on track and hopeful and just a good group of friends and community. You know, I've had some of the same girlfriends, like I know um, I've been friends with Andrea Oris on here for 20 plus years. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, the girls that I grew up with training with, like we are still the best of friends. Like we don't all live in the same area still, but like I'm going to go work out with my girlfriend that I grew up training with tomorrow morning at her house. And so it's just like, when you, can, when you can have those really, truly valuable people in your life and kind of in your circle that you can lean on, that you can be honest with, that you can go to, um, I think that that is super important. And that's something that I've just really realized um, as I've gotten older, because there are some people that, you know, just don't serve a purpose in your life, you know, or that aren't going to enrich your life. And then you're going to have those people that are like, they're just the diehard friends. You know, you're, you're going to be friends forever. You know, you could count on them, trust them for anything. And I think when you realize who those people are in your circle, you know, you hold on to them and you, you encourage each other. Um, that's something that, you know, we're always doing, just checking in, encouraging, sending little encouraging notes. I just think that that's so important. And the older that I get, the more I realize that just having that core group, um, it can be so helpful. Yeah. And that's partially why I created this community because we all miss that. We don't have it. And they're like, what happened to it? <laughs> that's something we all crave and, and need in our life. You know, like we're made to be in community with, with people and, and have those valuable relationships. Um, so it's, it's awesome when you have things like this um, that you can really connect and, and find purpose and meaning in with others. Yeah, when you all are like nodding at the same time, it's like, yep, it's hitting because we all get it. We all understand. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, okay. So I ask this to everybody who comes on the podcast. It's what does train like a gymnast mean to you? Hmm. Um, gosh, to just, just train tough. Like, I just feel like we're some of the toughest chicks out there and we've been through a lot you go through a lot um in sport and and when you train like that at, at a high level and and for so long um that you know to just I think it just teaches us to be tough so to you know train like a gymnast for me when I go to do something now I'm going 100% whether it's working out whether it's uh, a speaking engagement whether it's being a mom a wife like I'm trying to just and sometimes I deplete myself, honestly, you know, because I'm trying to give it all because I just have that, you know, I want to be the, the perfect this or the perfect that I want to, to have value for other people, you know? And so, um, I think realizing that I do have that, that toughness inside of me and that, that like, I want to go full out all the time, but then also at the same time, realizing when, when you need to take care of yourself and, and kind of step back and know that you're doing, you're doing enough, <laughs> um, you know, or in certain seasons where 
you know, you just don't have as much to give and, and that's okay. That's something too that I feel like I've been learning a lot about, just that it's okay that I don't always have 100% to give every single person, um, you know, and that's okay. And yes, give yourself a lot of grace. Mm-hmm. 100%. At this point, let's just have you girls unmute yourself if you have a question. So my background is a dancer and I feel like I never even understood the concept of what it would be like life after dancing and how weird you would feel like not having that thing or your people and you're just kind of like floating around trying to figure out what do I do? How do I handle these emotions? This like longing for what I once did. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I could even almost get emotional thinking about it because even just now it's been five years since I've danced and I feel like I'm just now rediscovering that you will always have that dancer spirit in you. You will always have that athlete in you. Like that mentality will always be there. And you just have to transfer it in now to the next thing that you do. So I, Carly, you really like amazed me with everything that you said. And I am so grateful for this hour here. Thank you so much. And thanks, Danielle. Thank you, Dominique. I appreciate that. I have a question, Carly. In gymnastics, I had like so many mental blocks and I always compared myself to everybody because a lot of people seem to just go for anything and since you're a non-peen I wanted to hear from you like if you got any crazy mental blocks you can never just get to go away I was kind of one of those like fearless gymnasts that I would go for things um I think I was honestly more scared if I didn't go for it (laughs) because I feel like there were times where like if I didn't give it a hundred percent or if I was like holding back and being timid, like that's when things would go wrong. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and I just started to realize like, if I just go 100%, you know, and go all out and, you know, I obviously had fears of, of things for sure, but I would try to almost put it in the back of my mind. And like I said, realize that if I went a hundred percent and like fully went for it, like it was going to turn out a lot better than, if I like went halfway because I was scared and timid, like that is what I would see normally when people would hurt themselves or, you know, when things would go wrong for me, I was very like trusting in my coaches with, if they told me to try a skill or to do a skill or to do something like I would believe them and I would trust them that I was like ready to do it and that I was capable of doing it. Um, And so I think that was something that was helpful for me too. I did grow up with a ton of people that had fears and mental blocks. And I think I watched them and kind of almost learned from that, like of, of what not to do because when they would go for things, like it was scary, like, and scary, bad things would happen. So it was just like, okay, I don't want to do that. I don't want that to happen to me. I'm just going to go for it. But I think it's very normal and very common and way more people have had the mental blocks and really struggled that with that than didn't. Hi, mine's not really a question. It's more just like piggybacking off of what you guys were talking about. And I kind of struggle with like imposter syndrome. It almost felt like, who even am I? I just know that I like being athletic. I just want to try everything. And I struggled a lot because you do all these sports so much as a child and then you go, you get to be an adult and then you're like, what the heck am I, (laughs) what am I supposed to do? I don't want to just go to a gym and lift weights because that's not the competitive spirit. You're not training for something 
yeah, you might have like physique goals or something, but it's not the same. And I don't feel like people understand that unless you really have like a competitive background and whatever you're doing, sports in general. Even as an adult right now, I feel like I struggle with that, trying to start back with gymnastics because I haven't done gymnastics in so long. And really anything that I know is just like muscle memory. It's not something that I'm like trying to do. Um, so as an adult, I feel like people might judge me and, and be like, okay, who do you think you are, girl? You're 25, like, grow up, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a struggle for me. So how, as an adult, because we're not people like who have something to be like, well, I'm an Olympic gold medalist, so I can do it if I want to. Okay. But that kind of, you know, like, I don't have anything to back me up to feel validated to continue or try something new, if that makes sense. Yeah. People have asked, like, do I regret anything that, you know, I had to give up or, or do or not do to achieve what I did? Or if, if I would still go through it, do it all again, like if I wouldn't have won, you know, an Olympic gold medal at the end and actually, you know, achieved what I was hoping to achieve. And, um, and I absolutely would, because like we had kind of all talked about earlier, just the lessons and I think the the values and the characteristics that these these sports instill in us and being so serious in them, I think, like I said, it creates such a a great character inside of us that we can use and take in anything that we do in life. And I think you have to take that same confidence that you have when you're doing dance or gymnastics or whatever, and you have to apply it to to whatever else you do in life, you know, like you have to just take that same confidence and don't start settling yourself short or belittling yourself, you know, that you're maybe not qualified in this area or, or you know, it's not quite the same as, as dance or gymnastics. Like, I think you have to go into, into everything with as much confidence as you have when you're, when you know that you are ready for that dance competition, that gymnastics competition, you know, like going into the Olympics, I was like 100% prepared. I knew I was ready to go. I was confident in that. I was confident in my abilities and what I knew I could do. And I think that even sometimes when we maybe don't feel that way, I think that's where we have to mentally like flip it for ourselves because mm -hmm. you can still fake it till you make it, you know? And sometimes that is just what we need to do to trick our brains into being like, no, we are good enough to, to go out for this. No, we are good enough to apply for this. Like you don't, you don't need a gold medal. You don't need, you know, a crazy accolade uh, of any kind to, to go after your dreams and to, to feel valued and to feel confident about, you know, what you want to do in life. I think you just have to go after it with, with a confident mindset and be willing to fail, be willing to, to also learn and grow and get better because there might be things that you aren't used to or things that you haven't learned yet that you're going to learn. But I think us, us women, like we have to remember to have confidence in ourselves and not just like, Oh, just because like this, this doesn't feel as, as good as, um, you know, when I was ready for this competition or this doesn't feel exactly like I'm hoping it will feel like a lot of times I think in, in life, we are going to be really uncomfortable and we're not going to feel maybe qualified or confident, but I think that we have to pull out in, in us, those, those qualities and that, that character of our, of our sport that we know is ingrained and instilled in us still. You can truly go after anything. You, do, you don't need 
don't need the accolades. You don't need anyone. You don't even need anyone backing you with me with singing. Like, did it work out? No, but that's okay. I did it. I went for it. I'm glad I did. Um, I learned a lot from it. I also learned that it wasn't for me. So there are going to be those things where you do go after it. You maybe won't get it or you maybe won't enjoy it and realize that it's not for you. But to still always have that confidence in yourself. I think that's what's most important for us because we can be so hard on ourselves as these high level athletes that have, you know, done what we we did for so long. And like we've said, it's it's our identity. So it's really hard to identify ourselves outside of, you know, of those things or or in other areas. And um, it's easy for us to start lacking that confidence and shrinking in inside instead of going at it full force, like what we did when we were in our sport. We got to like bring that mentality back and bring that confidence back in ourselves. Yay! Thank you so, so, so much, Carly. I think yes, everyone so got a ton of value from this call. Thumbs up, hands up, whatever. Yeah. So thank you guys. I loved all of your responses and questions and, um, Thank you guys. Yeah, this was really fun. Yeah, I love it. This, this team it's is to be with such smart, beautiful ladies <laughs> that all have shared experiences. Yes, exactly. We can all relate and just like someone said in the in the comments, like we are not alone. We are all together, and that is what communities like this are for to help us through those those times and those struggles where we're we might still be struggling from you know years and years ago. <laughs> This was super fun. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. And if anybody wants to follow along, you can find her at Carly Patterson 04 on 404, sorry, on Instagram. And thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody. Bye.